Warning, the following content may contain elements that are not suitable for some audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, kitties. This is y'all's Dooley, John Kassir, the voice of The Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to Slasher Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Slasher Radio, my name is Mikey Bones and I got the magnificent Bobby Spietzer with me, what's going on Mink? What's going on over there? Take the bone in the hiney home. The boys are back in town and the boys are truly back in town because we are regrettedly joined by the Stevie Juice. Stevie Juice in the house, bitches. The Juice is in the building. We're Mikey Bones and freaking Mr. Take It in the <laughs> Take the bone in the hiney hole. But we're back this week and what did, what the hell did we do last week, Mink? Oh shit. Last week we did um we did the interview with oh. James Sweet. Yeah, James Sweet. Right, right. Jason Rising. Mm. Uh Stevie Juice. <laughs> we, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a you know what? I'm gonna pull it up actually right now. Jason Rising. Fan film. There's a fan film being made of Dayton. 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 Don't put that there, Dayton. Come on, Dayton. Wait, Dayton oh, you that's... could be a part of it. Come on, Dayton. You could be a part What would you do if they let you be a part of this movie? Dayton. Look at that. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, not bad. Dayton. Don't put that there, Dayton. No, Dayton. Oh, they... oh wow. I, I mean, I don't know if it's any correlation, but they were at about thirteen thousand dollars raised before our episode came out. They're up to tw- almost twenty-two grand. Nice. I don't know. I don't know. We had anything to do with it, but I'm glad. Wow, good for them. Yeah, I want to see it get done. Me too. I want to see Uncle Stevie get done. But... <laughs> Let me get through the shoutouts really quick. Go to Twelve Nights Promote Horror.com, HorrorMoviesAndStuff.com. And also go check our friends out at TerminusCity.com. And you can check them out on Twitter at TerminusCityGTR. They make all kinds of custom handmade shit. They are the Etsy of horror, as we like to call them. So go check them out and get yourself something funky. Go do it now. Get something cool. Get something real cool. Speaking of funky, Stevie. What? This week, we are joined by Jason Baker. He is part of Tom Savini's team. He does all kinds of crazy work for WWE, Slipknot, The Misfits he's worked with. Guys, special effects stuff, how underrated is it? I mean, honestly, I mean, without the special effects, you don't even have a movie. Right. No, you need the special effects. Now the special effects are getting even better. But now they're getting digital. Well, some of the special effects is freaking... CGI has come a long way, though. It has. Because we went through that little awkward phase of like the late 90s, early 2000s, where it really looked awkward having it. And in some instances, it could get passable, but there's still nothing better than practical. Right, right. And, you know, this is what, you know, stuff Tom Savini's known for, Jason's known for now, and doing. Why are you touching me? Jesus Christ. Like but, um. 
just having another dream. He's having, he wants, <laughs> he's going to come back here just to fucking. Dreaming again. Fucking, he wants to know when you're going to do the basement so you go back down there and to do neither neither. You're dreamwalking. No. <laughs> you are, you're dreamwalking you for wish. real. This is like a Freddy Krueger movie. But, uh, yeah, so, also, I, I think we can kind of say it because I really want to do it depending on what happens, but, um, we're doing Halloween in June. Why not? Bingo. Bingo, bingo. I mean, what do you got to say about that? Huh? Instead of pumpkins, we're bringing watermelons. Watermelons, baby. Water lanterns. What, water lanterns? That's a pretty good idea. We're going to be carving a fucking... We're going to hold a, water, a best watermelon pumpkin contest. That wouldn't be a bad idea. That'd be pretty badass. I wonder if it's possible, though. You can. You can carve a pumpkin. I don't know if it's strong enough to... Well, it would just be messy. The watermelon. You can carve it, right? The watermelon's actually easy because you just cut around the whole... And then just fucking cut it and take it up. And then you just gotta carve the... Could you do it like a pumpkin, though, and cut the top and then just gut it I out? I don't know. It might it? not be strong enough, though. It's gonna be messy to gut it. No, it's gonna yeah. be not messy to cut it. To gut it? You gotta get all that shit out. Oh, it's easier to get it out than freaking pumpkin. That's easy. You just carve, cut the freaking, the freaking watermelon out of it. Nicey nice. Nicey nice? And then you just, that's easier to clean out than the freaking pumpkin. The pumpkin's messier. I disagree. Well, they're both messy. Yeah. So you you the... put it, you cut the top off, get the knife, you cut slots and thicken this way, and then you just take it out. All you got to do is you go to pull thing that you could do with the watermelon insides. You can make a nice little drink out of them. True. Yeah, you could Ooh. do that too. Oh, look at this here. Oh, I what? can't look. I don't see nothing, so I can't look. I'm gonna send it. I'm gonna look to Bones real quick. You hang tight over there, Uncle Stevie. Yeah, you hang a whole bunch. You want to put the camera on? Oh God! Nobody wants to see your fucking. I put the camera on. Nobody wants to see your freaking hairy ass. You don't want that camera on. All right, boom! I sent it. He'll be showing his fucking his cat balls. Damn! Don't hate on that cat. Fuck that cat. Look at that. Ooh. Fuck the cat. The cat didn't do nothing, Uncle Stevie. See, look. Yeah, it can be done. It could be done. See, it's much easier to clean out the freaking... I guess. The water, the freaking melon, because you can... Actually, you can eat it while you, you just cut it up, you long, and then you pull it out. Pull it out? You know how to pull it out. Why you pull Wait. it out? Pull it out, and you fucking <clears throat> have skeevy juice all over you. But either way, they have Christmas so in July, so why can't we have Halloween in June? And in June. we have Jason Baker... This week, that's the first week. We also have Tom Savini coming up this month and Bruce Campbell. Yeah. So, we're bringing fucking Halloween this month. Official. Fuck it, man. You could pick him. You can be done. Stick enough. He's still on the fucking watermelon. Yeah, it's right there, you I'm getting it off the screen. Fucking it's gone. 19 inch. Whoa. Anyway. Editing's gonna be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, we we said, why not? Let's make some right, fun shit not? out of why? it. Shoot for it. Why not? Happy Halloween, everybody. Happy Slash Halloween. Your radio listeners, happy Halloween out there. We're gonna celebrate this month. At the end of the month, wait, how many? Is there 30 days in June? Yeah, you got 30 everybody. days have September, April, June, and November. Yeah. Let's days. see everybody's freaking the best freaking watermelon pumpkin. There you that go. That would be fun. See who can make the best one. At the end of the month, we'll see who's got the best fucking watermelon pumpkin.
Right? The watermelon puppet challenge. Yeah, there you go. But no, for real, I mean, th- this is kind of big, I think, because, I mean, it's June. October and Halloween is what? Technically f- almost five months away. You know, like, that's the better part of half of a year. And, you know, we're a horror podcast, obviously. And, you know, horror podcasts kick it up in October and for Halloween, and they have specials and this and that. Like, we're doing it smack dab in the middle of the year just for you guys because, you know what? We appreciate the hell out of our listeners, and we want to bring you the best that we can possibly bring you. And we are always working to try and bring you more and bring you better. We want to stay a step ahead. Like, no other podcast is doing this, let alone in June. I mean, you know, these are icons in the business. I mean, Jason Baker, who you're going to hear us talking to in a little bit, you know, he's still, it's still early on in his career, but look at what he's accomplished working with legendary band like Slipknot, WWE, which is a huge, huge organization, multi-billion dollar. I mean, you know, he's, we really feel like he's going to be, you know, as his career progresses, we feel like he's going to be one of the the big attributes to horror movies for, you know, for this generation. Yeah, and yeah, I, we we really believe that we really do. And you know, anyway, we just wanted to really give you guys something. This is for you guys. They have Christmas in July. Why can't we have Halloween in June? You know what I'm saying? It's Halloween all year round for us. You know, the people who love this genre. Just because we want to. Just because we want to. And just because, you know, we're hanging a sausage like that. Because Dayton Rising. Dayton Rising. Because Dayton Rising. Come on, Norma. They should have Stevie promote Jason Rising. Dayton. Don't put that. Stevie would be a good Jason. Dayton. Don't put that there, Dayton. What would you tell people if you were Jason before you kill them? Dayton. You just follow him around saying Dayton. Dayton. He'd be the first talking Jason. You would know where he's at at all times. Dayton. Kill you. You know where he's at at all times. Dayton. They'd be like, man, this fucking guy's annoying. He can fuck around around the outside of your house enough to make you to make you scared. But yeah, we're kicking off the Slasher Radio Halloween in June event with Jason Baker and we're going to be having Tom Savini up next week and Bruce Campbell up the week after. Uh you know, obviously with these guys like these are high profile guys. You know, and their schedules as you you're going to hear Jason talk about, you know, he works obviously closely with Tom Savini. Their their schedules are ridiculous. So you know, s- <laughs> lineup subject to change, but I you know, we I think we got everything ironed out. All the T's and I's are crossed and dotted. So, yeah, we hope you guys enjoy. You can't run from Dayton. <laughs> Where you going? Dayton gonna get you. Oh, dear God. Dayton. But anyway, guys, uh, he's getting carried away. We Dayton. need to put him somewhere. Uh, enjoy the interview, and Dayton. we'll catch you on the other side. Dayton. <laughs> You're so fucking annoying. Dayton. Oh, my God. 
All right, we've been advertising on Twitter that we have a very special guest this week, and we are joined by the very talented Jason Baker, filmmaker, special effects artist. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Good, good. Um, I don't even know where to begin because you have so much stuff going on, man. I, I guess I could start at the beginning. I did read, um, obviously I did a little research on you, and I read you said at 25 years old, you chose to go back to school, you quit your job, you sold your car and most of your possessions, and moved with everything you had in a hockey bag. And you went to Douglas Education Center, Tom Savini's um, makeup and special effects program. What made you want to get up and do that? Um, man, I just, you know what it was? was uh, just had no real goals, real drive, no real passions after high school. Mm-hmm. Did, you know, did the community college, dead end jobs, you know, right. was, uh, was working as a FedEx driver and, uh, I just, I was miserable and, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was making good money and I just, no passion, no desire, no nothing. And I just kind of snapped one day. I was like, if this is my life, then I should either do something about it or just stick a gun in my mouth right now. <laughs> <laughs> let's, you know, let's get it on. And, uh, yeah. So I, I just told my boss, I was like, look, man, it was like, uh, October. I told him I'm like, I'm going back to school in January. Here's my notice. And, uh, so we're going to do it. So by doing that, I was like, Oh man, I actually got to like follow through with this now. I can't just <laughs> can't have ass it. Yeah. I can't talk out of my ass cause I just quit my job. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I just, uh, I think the farthest I'd ever been up until that point was Idaho. Like, grew up in, you know, outside of Seattle. And, uh-huh. uh, yeah, just signed up for school, sold all my crap, put what I had left in a hockey bag, and came here with uh, about $100 in my pocket and never looked back. Damn, man. That that takes such a huge amount of balls because, you know, like, I, obviously we hear success stories of, you know, people who make it, but I always look at, all the people who don't, you know, because obviously yeah. we're not going to hear those unless we run into somebody on the street. And what was it like? Because I've always been interested in special effects makeup and like, you know, face off that TV show is like one of my 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 things. Like, I love watching that stuff and I'm so impressed and blown away by it. What was it like? Because I, I mean, people hear the name Tom Savini, but, you know, like he is running a makeup a, a special effects course and what was it like going through all that, the, the actual program? Uh, you know, dude, this, there's a reason that Tom's school is, I'll argue with anybody that's the best school in the country for special makeup mm-hmm. effects. Um, you know, the teachers are so patient. They're so great. You know, the teachers are like life, man. You'll get out of, you know, you get out what you put into it. And if you're really passionate and you're really serious, the teachers see that and they'll like, you know, they'll, they'll take their extra time, you know, and the teachers are so great that if you're, you know, if you're passionate, you can call them at like one o'clock in the morning and be like, dude, wow. I'm, you know, I'm up, I'm sculpting, I'm, you know, I'm passionate. Can you give me some tips? Can you give me some advice? And they'll take your phone calls and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, cause they're artists as well. And mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, I think they get a lot of joy out of handing off to, you know, secrets and techniques and stuff that they've learned over the years to people who are actually passionate about it. So, um, you know, that's, one of the things about the school is, you know, the, there's great teachers and everything, but you got to have a drive. you got to have the passion. I think a lot of people come to Tom's school and they think they're just going to, you know, sign up, pay their tuition, and then, you know, that's Osmosis no. kind of yeah, puts it all into yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm like, sorry, we don't get to all be like Neo in the Matrix and just plug that shit straight <laughs> into our brain, you know? 
you kind of got to like do it the old way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's uh, no shortcuts to, especially with stuff that, because you're doing that with your hands. You're actually putting your hands in and doing it. There's no shortcuts there. No, there's there's techniques. There's you know there's tips and stuff like that. But at right. the end of the day, man, it's just it's just old school dedication and hustle and work. You know. God bless. But I mean, you you turn that around. I mean, I I'm gonna try and get started with some of the stuff you've been working on. Um, you turn that around into you're you're working with the misfits now. I've seen, or you you've been doing stuff with them. Um, but not to name drop, but I was I was literally just texting Jerry only before. <laughs> oh wow! Podcast. Well, la di da. Uh, no, no, no big deal. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not currently working with them. Um, they're you know they're kind of doing their they're busy doing the reunion thing, and they right. got that all on lockdown. But uh, yeah, man, I've been blessed to uh to do some things with with Jerry, um, different version, you know, different versions of the Misfits. I directed a few, uh, like small vignettes for him for a few of their tours. I've helped make some props, stuff like that. Um, I seen you did something for their tour collection also. Yeah, we did, uh, we shot a bunch of small little, uh, vignettes that we just, we made like short films and, uh, we got Tom involved and Doug Bradley from like the Hellraiser movies. And, uh, mm-hmm. we just kind of recreated like these cheesy cornball, you know, B movies that would have inspired the misfits. And we were like, well, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper just to kind of make our own than it will be to go out and get all the licensing rights to show all these. So right. we just ended up doing that. And it was, uh, it was an absolute blast. Yeah. So I did that. Did, um, did special makeup effects for, Doyle's last videos, uh, Run For Your Life, got to oh, wow. turn Alex's story into a wolf man and murder my wife. That was fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, one of our really good friends, you know, Alex got to rip all their throats out and, you know, kill them. So it's always, you know, it's always a fun day at the office when you get to, you know, rip your wife's throat out. rushing and, out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You made me take out the garbage last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, she's she's like one of the sweetest people on the planet. So yeah, that's, I think that's the joy of murdering her all the time. Is, you know, <laughs> we kill her in the Misfit thing. We kill her in the Doyle thing. And it's just like, she's one of the sweetest people on the planet and absolutely loves being covered in like fake blood and slime and makeup. And I'm like, well, yeah, let's do it. All right. You enjoy it. <laughs> so, if you say so. <laughs> yeah. So you, I also see, I mean, music seems to be a, a pretty, I don't know if it's a big thing to you, but it seems like, cause you're also doing work with Slipknot also. Yeah, uh, Tom and I and uh, a few other artists, we just did uh, Corey Taylor's latest mask for the new mm-hmm. Footnote album, and that was an absolute blast. Um, that thing is creepy. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been it's been really interesting reading the uh, the comments online. It's, there's no there's no middle ground. People either love it or they hate it, and uh, we're all about it, man. I'm like, I love I love the controversy. I love seeing people talk about it. I love seeing people's uh, opinions and everything, and um, it's been really fun. It was it was a fun project to do. Um, what it you know like it was really interesting. I know for myself and as well as Tom was um, it was the most technical thing I think we've ever had to do. Really? Why is that? Um, from the second point, it was you know if you're doing the monster makeup on somebody, you usually just kind of you know you get to glue it on them and that's that. You know you make sure mm-hmm. that it's on them. It's, your seams are blend, they can move their face a little bit, yada, yada, yada. Right. With Corey, the most important thing is that he's able to sing. He needs to be able to sing and perform in this thing. So taking that to a whole other level 
So, you know, treating it with that aspect in mind and making sure that that thought process was at the forefront of everything was really important. Because, um, you know, we couldn't make it too thick. If it was too thick, it wouldn't move and it would, you know, restrict its jaw. Mm-hmm. Um, if it, you know, if it came back too far under its chin, it could press on its Adam's apple, which would then restrict it from singing. Um, we, you know, and then also we had to find a, find a good balance of how the thickness for the translucency because the thing with, you know, doing the translucent silicone mask is you can't really put in, uh, like, meshing with mm-hmm. the reinforcement. So it was, you know, just finding out the right area of making it just too thick, too thin, you know, everything. So, right. you know, definitely what it lasts in this, like, has, I guess, for lack of a better term, the, uh, the sculpt it definitely makes up for in a, a technical aspect. It was one of the more more technical, challenging things that I've ever done. And it was, you know, it was a great, great challenge. And Corey was a fucking dream come true to work with. He's such a wonderful, wonderful person. Um, just a big, lovable nerd and just cracks jokes and pop culture references all day long. And, uh, yeah, it's been he's so much fun to work with. Yeah, I've seen um, a couple of uh, uh, interviews, Q&As and stuff that he did, and I get that from him, and in a good way, obviously, because, you know, he was just, like, the work that you guys did, he was blown away by it, and you have somebody, like, Slipknot's one of the biggest bands of all time, in my opinion, at least. So it's like seeing somebody like Corey Taylor, like, kind of geek out a little bit for the work that you guys are doing has to be a trip. Yeah, man, it's really fun. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a job. And, you know, it was like Tom and I were like, all right, well, we're definitely got to bring our our a game on this one and um you know it was fun it was fun to work with and collaborate you know um finding someone like working with someone like Corey is always so much fun when they collaborate and they have ideas and they have and they're passionate about what they want you know um so more times than i want to admit i've worked with directors who are like you know we want a monster and i'm like all right well what fucking monster do you want and they're like hey you know something scary like, oh my god <laughs> you want you know it's like just tell us what you want and we'll make it <laughs> you know at the end of the day we work for you right and you know to have someone like that and you know it's, so to have somebody like you know shooting ideas back and forth and talking and it's like oh yeah you know you remember this movie of course i remember that movie oh yeah well maybe if it's sort of like this thing from that movie or maybe a little bit from this movie and that movie and this and that and you're like yeah fuck yeah let's do it so you know that's always that's always fun and it's great to like you know um you know like cory or you know, we also just started doing stuff with Bray Wyatt and from mm. WWE or, you know, working with Eric Rowan from the WWE before as well. And, uh, you know, or Jerry only and Doyle and, you know, all these people who are passionate about what they do. And so it's always so much fun to work with people who actually really care about their craft and their art. And uh, just, you know, bringing these two worlds together is always so much fun. I, I couldn't agree more because, you know, I mean, even on, um, you know, our end of stuff, you know, like obviously we interview people and sometimes they're just, you know, looking to promote whatever they're working on. And that's great, too. And they're kind of, you know, just looking to promote it and talk about it. And but I, that's why I was so excited about talking to talking to you and other people that you can feel the passion. You could see it even on social media, looking at the stuff you put up and stuff like that. You, you like you live it. And, you know, it's fun to be able to bounce back and forth with stuff that, you know, common interest and just stuff that's fun that's talk up to talk about. And, you know, I, I think that's with anything. When you have somebody who shares your passion, like, that's what it's all about. 
Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm like, I don't, I don't really have much to bitch about, man. I'm, you know, I always joke about how I, uh, I feel like I snuck in the back door to adulthood and no one's caught me yet. You know, I've been, I've been blessed with, uh, you know, some great opportunities, some wonderful things. And, you know, to have someone like Tom take me under your wing and just fucking kind of show you the ropes is a godsend. You know? Yeah. And I mean, obviously, you went to you know his um, his special effects program and all that stuff. Like, and I, I, there's tons of people who go th- through his program and all that. Like, you seem to have. Um, you just tweeted a few weeks ago that you were just watching the Game of Thrones with him. It's like it, it really seems like he's kind of you know you and him have this special kind of relationship that I you know I, I I wouldn't know, but I doubt he would have with everybody who graduates from his program. Like. How did that kind of, am I right? Am I wrong? Or Yeah, man. Um, you know, I mean, Tom's been, Tom's, he's, he's like a dad to me. He's like, he's a father figure and, uh, you know, good and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you need not, both. Not, not, you need both. Not, absolutely. You know, yeah. not bad, but I'm like, you know, the thing I love and respect about Tom is he'll always be honest to you. Right. You know, like you straight in your face and be like, dude, that sucks. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> he's just like, you know what? I need that. I hate you, yeah. but I respect you. But, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, Tom's just great that way. He's, he's got a big fucking heart. Um, wonderful, wonderful person. You know, I'm, you know, I couldn't be more grateful for having someone like Tom in my life. Um, you know, I tell people all the time, it's like, I may not be his kid, but that doesn't stop him from acting like my dad. Right. Um, you know, he's just, he's fucking, he's great. He's family to me. Um, yeah. Uh, how I started working for Tom was, uh, I always tell, I always make a joke about how it was sort of like Princess Bride when, uh, Wesley's talking about how he became Jared Pirate Roberts was, uh, the pirate kidnapped him and was like, you know, sleep well, Wesley, I'll most likely kill you in the morning. And he told him that for like eight years or whatever. And, uh, that's sort of how I ended up working for Tom was, uh, Tom needed help with one little thing. And then I thought it was just going to be a one day thing. And then he called me back the next day and he needed help with one other thing. And then he called me back. So it was just kind of like years of uh just thinking that every day was going to be my last day working for him and then it just kind of became a thing that's so awesome that's so and you know obviously you know you must have been doing something right you know you kind of aspect you know what i'm saying that's so awesome though yeah i mean you know again you know when a guy like tom Sweeney is going to take you under your wing you better bring your fucking a game oh yeah you know there's definitely you know there, i know countless people who would love to take up that opportunity. So, and, you know, I'm beyond grateful. You know, that's a good way to look at it. Kind of what was the pressure like? Cause there had to be, you know, like, it's like, okay, you went, obviously, you know, I, I have no background or, you know, ambition for myself to go into special effect makeup, but even I look up to Tom Savini, just obviously because of everything, all his amazing work, stuff he's contributed, all that. But you are going down the path of, you know, what he does. And now he's like, oh, come help me with this. And it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what was, was there any, how'd you deal with that kind of pressure working literally alongside him? Um, you know, that's the thing. Again, Tom is very, very supportive. If you do something right, he's there to, you know, he's there to remind you. And if you fuck up, he's there to kick in the ass. So, you know, um, no, you know, it was funny. With, uh, I always joke with Tom about how I was a fan of his growing up, but I didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I think everybody like, kind of is like yeah. that with him. Yeah. 
Well, three of my favorite movies growing up was Creepshow, Night of the Living Dead 90, and Dust Till Dawn. And I had no mm. idea that the same guy was involved in all three movies. Yeah. And maybe I just, I didn't read credits when I was a kid. Like, I was just like, get the fucking words out of the way. I want to see the movie. Yeah, like, nobody you know? does. Nobody did. So, like, I didn't really realize that, like, you know, Tom was a specs guy and everything else. It wasn't until I got older and started reading, like, Fingo and started seeing pictures and shit. And, uh, yeah, so... But, I mean, I always saw something. I was like, oh. Definitely grew up more of a Stan Winston guy. Like, Stan Winston was really mm. my dude growing up, so. I think that's kind of the uh, the gift and the curse of um, of being in effects and makeup and all that. It's like, it, it at, the, at the younger fans, it's kind of like nobody even thinks about you. They don't even know you exist. They don't think about you. It's just, you know. That's how they showed up to set and film this movie. And it's like, when you get older, people, I think, start, you know, realizing the work that stands out like that. So, yeah, that's a really good point. But um, you had mentioned Bray Wyatt. I I can't even... Okay, I want to I start by saying, when I was younger, I was a huge wrestling fan. Like, huge wrestling fan. And, you know, as I got older, I kind of drifted away. And now I, I'm, you know, I kind of watch weekly now. And it's so... You know, it's nothing like it used to be, and I'm kind of, you know, I always find myself sitting there going, man, I miss this and I miss that, and stuff that I didn't even know you were behind before blew me away, and now you have, you're working with Bray Wyatt and the Firefly Funhouse and all that stuff. Dude, that is wild. And what what approach did you take for that mask? Because we know, you know, WWE's kind of like in their, you know, PG era and stuff like that. But you kind of brought a little bit of murderous, <laughs> I want to say. Like, that's something I've almost never seen on their programming before. What was what was it like going through all that? It was a blast, man. I mean, again, um, you know, working with passionate people. Like, Bray contacted us, um, met him through Rowan. Uh, really, Tom and I's whole relationship with uh, WWE started because Tom, I think, met Jerry Lawler at a convention. Oh, wow. And Jerry, Law and Jerry Lawler was like, yeah, or it was either Lawler or Jericho. I don't remember which one. And they brought Tom backstage and at a wrestling show, and he kind of met all the guys, a bunch of the wrestlers, and they got all excited. And uh, Triple H approached him about doing the, uh, the King of Kings mm -hmm. full crown. And that was for, like, what, WrestleMania 27 or something. And... Um, Tom and Gino Crognali did that. You know, Gino from Candy works on Walking Dead. He's one of the right. best effects artists working in the world right now. And super, like, one of the nicest people you could ever possibly meet. Anyways, uh, cut to, like, three years later, Triple H wanted the gold crown for 30. Gino's working on The Walking Dead, couldn't help Tom with it. I was at Tom's house. Tom was like, well, have at it, kid. Let's get it done. And uh, so that I helped Tom with the 30 crown, and then we just started doing it ever since. And then after that, I, um, Eric Rowan contacted us. It's like, hey, man, I love your guys' AAA stuff. I need a mask. You know, want to do this sheet thing. Let's, you know, work on it. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. And I, uh, so, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what I like about WWE is, you know, obviously they have their own thing that they do, but they're, they're, they have no problem reaching out to – other areas where they know is not a strength of theirs, some they don't really. So, I mean, you're going to reach out to anybody. I mean, Tom Savini, and he would know other people who could get it done. He could do it, you know, 
that it's so genius how they were able to do that. And when I think it, it just started really coming out recently, all the work you and Tom have been doing with them. And it's like, well, that's fucking genius. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, especially for stuff like Bray Wyatt, Eric Rowan's a very dark cat. Well, not so much now, but you know, his character was always very dark with the mask and all that. And, you know, it just, it, it always seemed like it made so much sense. And, you know, kudos to them for reaching out to you guys. Yeah, man. And they're great to work with. And it's also, it's really good. I personally really like it because it's usually a smaller, you know, it's a smaller project in scale. Mm -hmm. So it's something like if, if we're doing one mask, that's something that like Tom and I, and maybe one other person, we can like start to finish, put our whole, you know, put our whole focus on, really pay attention to it, really give it like our best effort, give it our best sculpt. Because when you're doing, you know, when you're doing a feature, you know, effects heavy movie, it's like, oh, we got to sculpt fifty things, we got to mm -hmm. run fiberglass, we got to do all this effect stuff. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times it's just like, let's just, you know, get it out the door. We got to get it done. You know, we got to meet our deadlines. So, one of the beauties that I personally enjoy on working with WWE is that it's they're smaller projects, but they're for like a single client. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, you get to kind of put a lot more detail and a lot more time and a lot more love into the project. So that's been really fun, but. Yeah, man, Bray, Bray's been a blast to work with. He was great. We just kind of, he sent us some concept drawings. And, really? Uh, yeah. He, uh, he got a hold of the, uh, his buddy, Kyle Scarborough, did some concept designs for him, and he sent it over, and we were like, all right, these are cool. Kyle drew him like on a, a guy that's maybe like 160 pounds, 170 pounds. We're like, <laughs> all right, how do we, how do we make work. this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like. Rain got his chin like that. He's, you know, he's a big guy. He's a big round face dude. So how can we like take this and twist it and change it and everything? And then, you know, also, you know, you got to, when you're working the sculpture and everything, you're like, all right, well, you know, we can add a little bit to the chin, but not too much. Cause then once we, if we run it in silicone or latex or whatever, that's going to add weight and we can't weigh it down because it's going to push up his nose and then he can't see. And, you know, all these things come into play. So again, back to like doing the thing with Corey, you know, working with WWE guys is always a fun challenge because, again, it's not just slip this on, stand in front of camera. It's, you know, slip this on, go run, like, do two front flips and stuff. Uh, you know, we did a mask for the Luchador Kalisto right. with WWE a couple years ago. And working with him was a real challenge because it's, you know, not only is he a wrestler, but he's, you know, he's a Luchador. This guy is going to do front flips and mm. high flying and stuff. And, you know, it's like, man, this flies off. You know, <laughs> the whole tradition of Mexican Luchadors, but... We're kind of fucked. So, right. Yeah. So, uh, but no, that, that was the whole thing with uh, Bray was we were just trying to find something that would fit in, look intimidating, look scary. And, you know, we were just like, well, fuck it. Let's crank it up to 11 and see what they say. <laughs> right. Right. And th that's crazy that he reached out to you because, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, you know, we don't know how much give these guys have in their creative. So it's like we think, you know, uh, Triple H or Vince McMahon called you guys and was like, hey, you know, we want to do this. And it's nuts how Bray Wyatt kind of did a lot of the legwork for getting such a a character to to be be made. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, he was super passionate about it. He just, it, the whole Firefly Funhouse and all that stuff is really his baby. Him and uh, Nick Manfredini, one of the writers from WWE, and uh, they just kind of brought me along and you know, let me throw my sick, fucked up sense of humor in there as well. <laughs> and I think we kind of cooked up something fun and original. 
I think the whole concept of his character is sick and fucked up sense of humor because, you know, you look at the the vignettes and stuff that he has and it's like, you know, kids that looked and, you know, like it's kind of a very creepy but yet, you know, somewhat humorous aspect to it. So it seems like everything fits together really well. Yeah, you know, that's been, again, man, I'm always up for a challenge. I love challenges. I love racking the brain and, you know, trying to figure out how to come up with stuff. You know, Tom always says, limitations push the mind to creativity and you know i absolutely believe that and uh you know what well, that's been one of the fun things about this is like we're like okay how much creepy weird ass shit can we get away with in the right. confines of the PG in the confines of a pg television show you know so like i know like nick will come up with an idea and then i'll like he'll pitch it to me or pitch to bray and then they'll come at me and then i'll kind of like throw something at them and i'll be like oh that's stupid get out of here you dumb kid or like, all right, let's take it, let's use it, you know. So it's it's fun, man. It's just you know, when you got when you got everybody speaking on the same page, it's great, man. It's like being on a really good football team or something. You know, everybody kinda knows what the other person's doing and everybody's mm. shooting for the same goal and uh you know, no egos, everybody's just trying to get the ball into the, the end zone. Right. And uh nobody cares who gets it there. So it's you know, it's fun. It's great, you know, and like well you know, even Tom's like throwing some ideas in there and we'll pitch him ideas or, you know, when we were making the puppets, like, you know, throw us up to Tom and Tom would come back with some ideas. And so again, it's just, it's just been a fun collaboration with just a bunch of fucked up individuals. And you mentioned a, an interesting thing, you know, what you can get into on a PG 13 show. And it's like, cause I, I watch regularly and, you know, obviously you knew the Firefly fun, ha- fun house was going somewhere dark you know i obviously you know the bray wyatt character just alone you knew it was going somewhere and when the mask was revealed i actually paused my tv and was like no fucking way like because you could just look at it and tell like that doesn't belong on here this is like something that should be on like shutter or you know something like that that is wild so i mean kudos to you guys because obviously there's there's got to be some type of restraints somewhere you know because it, it is a pg-13 show and you know, all that stuff. And you guys went full-blown R-rated on it. And it, I mean, it, the fact that they were able to okay that, I i am, it's a really good sign for the company because they're they are willing to, they're, they're open enough to see that stuff like that belongs and you can definitely work with it and kind of throw it into PG. And, you know, there, there's a place for that stuff. And, I mean, hey, it's one of the biggest things they're doing, if not the biggest thing they're doing right now. So... You know, good for them for letting that fly. Yeah. But no, man, I mean, again, we, uh, you know, one of the things we reference is, um, you know, if you look at, like, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Psycho or, like, even the old classic horror movies and stuff, it's like, you actually don't see a lot of blood or right. gore or, like, anything. It's a lot of it implied. A lot of it is, like, off camera. Mm-hmm. You know, like, the, the Psycho shower scene is, like, one of the most infamous scenes in all of horror. And, and yet there's nothing. no actual, yeah, you can see <laughs> quick shots and it just fucks you up and it works. It works so well. And that's sort of the mindset that I think we've been throwing at each other. It's like how much can we get away with or what can we do to, you know, to push it. And also what's great is, um, you know, giving, putting faith into the audience is always something that I think a lot of people have a hard time with. Right. Especially today, you know, you go watch a movie and they like they beat you over the fucking head with exposition. You're like, I get it. Mm-hmm. You guys are trying to do this. Let's go. <laughs> like, 
I don't need I don't need a fourth guy to tell me what we're gonna do in this movie. Like you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's been really fun. And you know, I think that kind of lines up because. A lot of you, like, uh, the, the Corey Taylor thing is a perfect example, along with the Bray Wyatt thing. There's a lot of simplicity in in the work that you do. And, you know, the psycho shower scene and all that, you know, it, it's very simple. But yet it's so, like, there's there's small little details that take it way over the top. But that simplicity is there. And I've noticed that in a lot of your work, that it's, like, a lot of, I guess implied is a good word. You know, it's, like... It's you're not beating anyone over the head with like you know blood everywhere and you know kind of, I guess a Rob Zombie type of technique where it's just like over the top, over the top. I love stuff yeah. that's like simple but yet super effective for small little things. And I noticed that a lot in your work. Oh, well, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm a, you know, obviously, you know, horror podcasts love horror, but you know, I'm not a guy that you know a ton of gore and blood isn't going to just do it for me. Like if it's there for a reason and it makes sense, I could roll with it and I like it. But if it's just, you know, way too much for the sake of trying to be way too much, I, uh, you know, it's not, I'll kind of roll my eyes at it. And, you know, it, it looks like I, I, I'm just, I'm very impressed how you understand each task. And, you know, you kind of, you know, you parlay exactly what needs to be done and you don't just go over the top for the sake of going over the top. You know, that gets attention, but it's like, eh, it, it just doesn't do it for me. Yeah. No, no, I, I appreciate that. Um, you know, a lot of, I think that, again, I think that was driven into my head at Tom's school and from Tom. A lot of times, you know, you'll see people do these beautiful makeups and then they'll ruin it with blood. Like, man, why, mm -hmm. why did you spend all the time doing that beautiful makeup if you were just going to, like, Treat them like they were fucking Carrie White and just dump a bucket of blood on their head. Right. You know, it's like, no, no, like show off the work, show off the, you know, um, you know, that's the other thing is that one of the, you know, one of the things that Tom always drives into my head is, you know, with his Vietnam experience and everything is anatomical correctness. He's like, mm. you know, the human, you know, like you're not going to bleed that much from that or, you know, maybe, you know, or you're going to bleed more than that. You know, doing your research, doing your homework, you know, again, back to Tom's school, you know, they make us one of the prereqs you take your first semester is, is anatomy. Oh, wow. Learning, you know, where, where guts are, where bones are, where, you know, how much blood is actually in the human body, this and that, yada, yada, yada. So it helps, you know, all these things. And then, you you know, you study psychology and things of that nature. So uh, a lot of it really helps you when you're working on things and stuff of that nature. So. That's so crazy. Like, that's just such another part of your, I guess you'd call it your profession that we don't think of, you know, we, we think you walk into, yeah. we, you walk into your class and you know, there's a sculpture on the table with a bunch of tools and they tell you what to do. It's like, wow, that's why like there's science involved and all this other stuff. And it's like, damn man. But, but it's necessary. It's super necessary. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen some other stuff you've done with WWE, like that Halloween special. Well, I don't know if you call it a special, but what they were doing with uh, Kevin Owens, Sasha Banks with the zombie thing, like, that was super wild. The, I mean, the work you guys put out, like, Kevin Owens look, I don't have words for it. Like, I seen that and was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, they're, they're doing some things here. And uh, what was it like working with those? Because that's a lot of time in a makeup chair. And I would imagine wrestlers, you know, they're more in the gym, moving, working out. It had to have been maybe a challenge for them sitting that long. Um yeah uh sasha was great sasha was an absolute blast to work with 
She absolutely loved it. She had so much fun. Um, Sasha was your, the prime example of like, if you give someone a mask or a costume and tell them to go act like this character three minutes later, like all those, you know, all those, I guess, inhibitions or whatever just disappear and they become that person. You know, once, once Sasha saw herself in the mirror and saw the, like the grotesqueness and the dirty teeth and the context and everything, you know, three minutes later, she's like zombie crawling on the floor trying to like eat <laughs> big shows, legs and shit. Um, Kevin had fun. Kevin was all about it. Um, Kevin was good. He was a good sport. Um, I don't, I don't think getting shit glued to his face was definitely his forte, but you know, he was, he was a good sport and he had fun and, you know, he was a uh, really, really nice guy. Really fun to talk to. You know, I've seen him a few times since then. And, you know, every time he sees us, he comes up and says hi. And, you know, mm-hmm. it was, uh, both times were, it was great. It was great. Absolutely amazing experience doing both of them. So, you know, and I, I still flabbergasted on how many hits Sasha's video got on YouTube. Jesus, I think last time I saw it, it was like 5 million or something ridiculous like that. A few million. of those are for me. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And it, and it, but it goes to show because, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk bad about the WWE. Like I thoroughly enjoy, you know. Obviously, I'm still watching. It's nice to see the the change, and it goes to show that what they're doing and what you guys are doing, and it works because they they could have somebody put zombie makeup on and call it a wrap, and you look at it and go, oh, that's cool. But you know, you guys brought them to light. Like that was some like it's like Kevin Owens got put into Andrew Lincoln's spot on Walking Dead or something like that. You know, like, it, it really came to life. Yeah, it was really, uh, Kevin was really fun. Kevin did a bunch of really cool stuff in the, uh, in the ring that I never saw the footage of. They, they shot it and they filmed it, and uh, I don't know whatever happened with it, but all I ever saw was the photos. But Kevin did the same thing. Kevin wandered around backstage, scared the living hell out of people. <laughs> um, he got, oh, I don't know where, I like, I wish I could find the footage, but he got Becky so good really yeah becky lynch becky lynch like freaked out what did he do he just jumped out and she was like sitting on the couch like eating breakfast or something and he just came up next to her and she just <laughs> next thing she knew there was you know a giant zombie in her face oh my god the last thing you expect <laughs> yeah but she was a great sport about it she was really she was really fun and the everybody all the wrestlers are just so much fun to work with i've never met one that wasn't just a big kid, you know, Mm -hmm. they're all just really fun to be around and fun to joke with. And, uh, you know, Tom and I have been lucky enough to become friends with a few of them. So it's been really cool. Yeah. I mean, and it's gotta be, I mean, you, you've done work for several WrestleManias. You mentioned triple H's crowns and all that. Like to, I mean, your work is being displayed in front of, you know, 60, 70, sometimes 80,000 people. And who knows how many watching, how many million, like, that's got to be a trip, like, going, like, does that, does that ever creep into your head while you're working on anything? Like, okay, there's going to be millions upon millions of eyes on this, like, <laughs> let, let, let's not, you know, let's do a little extra on it. Uh, yeah, that, but, um, I remember the first time I ever saw anything, Tom still makes fun of me about it, he just busts my balls, I, uh, we were watching WrestleMania 30 and I cried, I just, Really? When, when Triple H came out, I just I lost it, man. I, was like, I don't blame you. It was the fact that it was like, all right, I've been busting my ass for like six years. So I gave up my job. I moved mm-hmm. here. I've been working on these like shitty no-budget movies. I've been like PA on all these like movies in Pittsburgh. I don't feel like anything's, you know, 
don't feel like my career is going anywhere. I feel like I'm just barely treading water, yada, 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 all this crap. And then all of a sudden, like overnight, boom, like something I made is in front of hundreds of thousands of people and being broadcast around the world all at the same time. And it's just, it fucking hit me and I lost it. You just will not stop busting my balls about it. (laughs) Hey, hey, man, I'm sure when Friday the 13th took off, he was a little happy too. I mean. (laughs) Yeah, right? I'm like, come on. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> but no, I, yeah. I, I don't blame you. I mean that, that's a lot. I mean, I mentioned pressure earlier, and it's like you know to be able to step up to the plate like that and see it pay off. I mean, that's something I wouldn't mind getting shit for. Like, hey, you yeah. pulled it off, and it looked phenomenal. Thanks, man. I mean, that was really all. Again, that was Tom and Gino. All I did was just like fabricate it. So, but it was you know just to be part of the team was a fucking huge honor. Yeah, and. You have some directing stuff that you, you've done, too. Uh, Thieves and Phantoms was a short that you directed? Yeah, yeah. That was a little proof of concept. We were doing the try to get a feature off the ground. There was this little short film that we did with, uh, I think with Tom and Doug Bradley. Yeah, I was going to say a little short film with <laughs> Tom Savini and Doug Bradley. What, what was that like? I, I don't know if I would just call it a little short film. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, man. They're well. You know, here in Pittsburgh, you know, work with Tom. Doug lives here in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, got to spend, you know, Doug's become a really good friend. He's great. I, uh, you know, it's really fun to be around. Got to help him do the uh, pinhead makeup with uh, Steve Tolan wow. a couple years ago. And that was an absolute blast just getting to be involved with that whole process. And, you know, Kyle Roberts re-sculpted the makeup and did a phenomenal fucking job. Um, you know, just getting to, like, go and apply every day with, you know, Doug and a bunch of cool shit, so. Doug Bradley yelled at me once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Doug Bradley yelled at me, too, so. <laughs> We're in the club. Dude. Nice. nice. I know. Dude, it's not, like, see, it sucks getting yelled at by Doug, because Doug's so proper and British. Right. And he's just like, oh, man, I feel so much worse. Like, Tom, Tom yells at you. He's just loud and Italian. And he's just like, oh, well, fuck, let's get a note. You know, he's just. Because you asshole, I'm over dead with. Doug does the like, the like, the loving father. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Which is just so much worse. And you're like, oh, I'm just gonna go step out in front of a fucking car right now. It does sting so. a little more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, uh, and you know, you you mentioned being able to, you know, having to, well, not having to, choosing to, you know, quit your job and make all these sacrifices, and then be, being with two of some of the most iconic characters ever in the the horror genre i mean you know that that's got to be amazing that's gotta be and that was a a short you were trying to make a feature out of that uh we still currently are we're writing yeah. a script and uh we just did it kind of as a proof of concept short film sort of little thing and uh yeah it was fun shot for like four days mm. um yeah that's something i would really like to see come into a full story that would be awesome yeah no it was a, it was a fun experience and uh, the last thing I wanted to, to mention was uh, your your project, Smoke and Mirrors, the Tom Savini story. You were the director and the producer on that? Yeah, and editor, camera guy, everything. <laughs> so, not not, uh, not uh, everything. I definitely had a great crew. I had awesome producer. Andy Westfall, my producer, and Rob Lucas, our producer. Um, you know, Mitch Cleaver, our fucking DP, uh, Aaron Shelton. And Mitch Cleaver both helped me edit. Um, you know, I've had an awesome crew of guys. We're uh, Tom and I are actually in the talks 
for distribution right now. Mm. It's only taken us nine fucking years to get that thing done, but... See, I'm going to ask you a stupid question now because the answer is obvious, but, you know, what made you want to uh, want to do this? Because, you know, obviously he's a big inspiration to you and, you know, he's helped you so much, but um, I-, I can't wait to, like, it's an amazing story and I really hope that it, you know, it does get distribution and all that. Like, that's fantastic because people need to see it. You know, what made you yeah. want to get up and do that? Honestly, what it was was uh, I... Straight up, I heard Tom was a fucking asshole. <laughs> From, you know, you see you see all this shit online about, oh, Tom Savini's a dick, Tom Savini's a fucking this and that, whatever. So uh, when I came to the school, I was like, oh, man, this guy's a fucking dick. I don't want to talk to him, whatever. <laughs> and then um, and then Tom was directing a short film called The Wrong House, mm-hmm. and they needed a production designer. I was like, well, fuck that. You know, even though he's a dick, he's still Tom Savini. I'll go work for him. Right. And uh, so I, you know, I applied, got hired, and he couldn't have been fucking nicer. One of the, and it's just like, you know, I'm like, I'm this kid who's barely out of fucking film school, and I'm doing, you know, working for him all of a sudden, and Tom's treating me like I'm like a 20 year professional. Wow. Um, you know, he's listening to all your ideas, he's talking to you, and he's, you know, he's not talking at you, he's talking, you know, with you. Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, you know, they say he's collaborating with you, and, you know, and he knows what he wants as a director, and he's, like, just... And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like, who's fucking serial did this guy piss in? <laughs> he's so fucking nice. And, um... So, yeah, you know, I just... Uh, we shot for, like, four days, and we shot all... It was a night shoot. Every night was night shoots. And, uh... I just... I couldn't sleep. I don't know. I was just... Had, you know... Sun came up, and I was like, fuck, I'm awake. And, uh... Tom kind of suffered the same thing, so all three nights or mornings, it would just be Tom and I just kind of shooting the shit, hanging out because no one else, you know, everybody else was asleep. And, uh, you know, I kind of got to know him a little bit. He just kind of, you know, shooting the shit, telling stories, yada, yada, yada. And, and I was like, man, this guy is so fucking nice. And, you know, I just, man, this guy's got a shitty rap. And uh, so we started the film and we did it. You know, we shot a few interviews with Tom and it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And then, uh, you know, once I showed him the rough edit, you know, our, our first like, assembly, he, he like, freaked out. He's like, man, this is really fucking good. I'm all for it. Um, you know, I want to introduce some producers of mine, friends of mine, yada, 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 and we'll help you guys get it going. And um, so, yeah, that was that's kind of how it started. And, uh, you know, the shitty thing about doing a documentary <laughs> is, uh, you know, all films cost either time or money, and uh, if you don't get the money, you got to spend the time. And, um, you know, that was the thing was, you know, we'd talk to Tom and be like, oh, man, you know, like, Tom, we're, you know, we kind of, <laughs> every time we do, we sit down with an interview with Tom, like like clockwork. We'd sit down, we'd shoot him for like two hours, we'd talk about things, yada, yada, yada. You know, our, our interviews almost became like therapy sessions in a way. And every time we'd shoot him, the more he'd kind of open up more and start to trust us more and everything. And uh, we, you know, we'd shoot for an hour, call it a day, wrap up all our gear. I'd be like in the car on the way home. Someone would call me and be like, "Oh man, I totally forgot this happened in like 1973." Da 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 da. And I'm like, "What the fuck? Why did you? Well, that's kind of important, Tom." So he'd be like, "Oh, well, you know, let's set it up for like, you know, can we?" Sh- let's do another interview in like in, in six months. I'm like, what do you mean six oh, months? Like, well, I gotta go, I gotta go do Django and then I gotta do machete kills and then I'll be home and then we can do it. And I'm like, fuck. 
you know, or like, you know, you get guys like, uh, you know, email Alice Cooper and Alice Cooper's dad would be like, you know, cause Tom and Alice Cooper have been friends for like 35 years and Alice Cooper's manager would write us back and be like, yeah, Alice would absolutely love to do this documentary. He's available in August. I'm like, well, it's December. Oh God. So I'm like, you know, and it's like, well, you're not, not going to shoot Alice Cooper. Mm-hmm. So you're just going to fucking wait and, you know, sit around and wait. So, uh, yeah, that's been, that's been the big struggle with that film was just trying to, just trying to lock everybody down. And, um, you know, and God bless everybody for giving us their time and love and support. You know, it took us a few years to get, like, Robert Rodriguez and a couple of the other guys that we got in the film. And, um, you know, they're eventually like, yeah, we're, we're available, you know, in nine months once they wrap shooting Sin City 2. And you're like, uh-huh, oh, shit, all right, we'll all see you in nine months. <laughs> Another thing so, we don't see, you know, on when we sit and watch yeah. it, you know, you don't think about... Like it's something that's pretty obvious, but you don't think about all these people involved in their schedule and lining people up. It's like holy shit. Yeah. Well, lucky for us, Tom doesn't age, so it still look he still looks the same as he did like eight years ago. He no. really doesn't. No, because he sucks the youth out of everybody else. So, oh. You know. Fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Edit that out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. No, man, the guy, you know what, he takes care of himself. He, you know, he works out every single day. He doesn't drink. He doesn't really do drugs. You know, he doesn't do drugs. He doesn't really do drugs. He doesn't do drugs. There's no gray area with you know, drugs. He, <laughs> yeah, you know, he doesn't do the worst drugs, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, you know, he's, he's a health nut. He takes really good care of himself, and that's why he looks so good, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's an. I mean, I, I'm, I'm super excited to hear that there's a distribution involved with this because... I, I to be honest, I never heard the quote Tom Savini's a, a butthole thing. You know, I I never heard yeah. it. But you know, I mean, I guess it's a stigma that's easy for you know, I don't know, stars of the word, but just you know, in general, with people like people would just get that stigma on them where oh well they gotta be. So yeah, I can see it. Well, I think the thing is is that Tom is he's an introvert. He he definitely thinks before he talks, and. uh you know, Tom, if he doesn't really get, you know, if he doesn't know you, he's very, he's very sweet and kind to people, but he's very just kind of, you know, closed yes, off no, a bit, yeah. yeah, just a little bit, you know, and he, like, people will come up to his table and be like, oh my God, Tom Savini, you know, I'm such a huge fan. He's like, thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> and I'm like, well, why didn't you, like, tell me that you love me, Tom? Fucking <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, you know, I always joke too. I'm like, you know, Tom's also 73 and Italian. I'm like, you got to go try to, like, get Robert De Niro to be your best friend? No. I'm like, I'm sorry. Stereotypes exist for a reason. Like, Yeah. And it's not you know, fair either. But, yeah, he, like, like at a, at a table, no. at a con, imagine how many people want to see Tom Savini and how long his line. What, what do you want him to have an hour conversation with everybody? Yeah. I'm like, no. He's, dude, he goes out of his way. I've seen him do wonderful things for people. I've seen him do, you know, like... um just off the top of my head, there was a, I was working at a convention for him and this girl came in and Tom was like, man, I'm burnt. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to crash out. I'm going to take off for the day. Five minutes later, like I'm packing up the table. This girl comes up. She's like, oh my God, the only person I came here to meet was Tom. Is he here? And I'm like, no, he already, you know, he left. He's in the car. He's on his way back to the hotel. So I called Tom. I'm like, where are you? You know, this girl just drove like two hours, yada, 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 all this crap. I was like, no, I'm, I'm done. He's like, tell me what. Go, uh, he's like, I'll pay you back. Go buy her a ticket for tomorrow and tell her to come back to my table. Oh, and wow. And her stuff for free. So Tom paid for this girl's ticket to come back the next day. 
and, you know, signed her stuff for free, went out of his way to, like, make sure that, like, she got the full experience of meeting him. And, uh, you know, there's shit like that that you never hear. You always hear about the fact mm-hmm. that it was like, oh, you just wouldn't talk to me. Get the fuck over yourself. I don't know. Like, Right. I mean, look at his Twitter. I, I constantly see him, you know, obviously he's promoting his stuff and everything. That's what he has Twitter for. But constant stories of, you know, somebody's raising money, somebody needs a surgery and stuff. He doesn't have to retweet that. You know, like, and, and I see it, it's not even like a couple, like it's, I see him do it all the time. And it's like, you know, I, even I stop and think, I'm like, wow, like what is, what a nice guy. Like he doesn't ha- like, what does he have to care about other people? You know, he doesn't, he doesn't yeah. have to, no one has to. No, but he, he does. He, you know, he's, he's very down to earth. He loves, he loves meeting people. Um, you know, he loves his fans. He, you know, Tom will be the first one to tell you, like, look, man, if it wasn't for my fans, I wouldn't have the life I have, you know? If it wasn't for, you know, Tom and or his fans and George Romero, Tom still just credits everything to George. Mm. It was George that, you know, gave him everything, so. Right. Well, Mr. Baker, you spent your, about an hour with me tonight, and I appreciate it so much, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, let everyone know where they can uh, find you and see your stuff and all that. Uh, yeah, man, just follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at BakingJason. And, uh, yeah, if you got any questions or anything, just hit me up. Let me know. All right. Uh, well, I appreciate you taking your time with me tonight. I also appreciate, you know, everything you're contributing to, you know, the horror genre and just your work in general, man. Like, your story is nuts. Like, it took a lot of balls to do what you did, and... I honestly, like, I truly believe you're going to be, you know, you're already doing great stuff, but I really think your sacrifice was for what you're supposed to do, and I, I can't wait to see the stuff you do in the future. I appreciate everything, man. I appreciate that, man. That makes a lot to me. Thank you so much. All right. We're going to keep in touch for sure. I had a blast. I appreciate the hell out of you, dude. Yeah, man. Absolutely. All right. Well, you have a good night, man. You too. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Bye. All right, guys. I hope everybody enjoyed that Jones right there. We still got the juice with us, unfortunately. Stevie Juice. Big Juice Man. Juice Man in the house. Oh, God. Small Dick Mikey. <laughs> Signing off. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was really cool of Jason to join us. And uh, stay tuned, guys. We got a big month coming up. Halloween in June. Ain't no game, God damn it. God damn it. God damn it, Dayton. But yeah, we're super grateful for for Jason coming and spends a little time with us, and you know it, it was awesome to talk to him. He's such a cool dude and a talented, talented guy. And you know we we love what he's been doing so far. I mean, he's going into like you heard us talk about a company like WWE, which is PG thirteen, but he's trying to kind of kick a little bit of of our world into that world. So you know, trying to spread it. You know, that that's we need more of that. You know, we need people who are going to try and and push those boundaries and and see where they can fit this genre into, you know, other things. Because, you know, I still think it's a little suppressed is maybe a good word. And, you know, it's it's just contribution on such a high level. And, you know, it, it was awesome for him to come and talk to us. And and we appreciate the hell out of it. Alright guys, well you can follow the show at Slash Radio on Twitter. You can go to slashradio.com, check out all our episodes. 
Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Mikey's Dead. Maybe mm. where are you? You find me in your mama's kitchen, dear boy. Make the pancakes. <laughs> and two hours, baby. And don't. We're not gonna tell you where you can find Stevie Juice. You don't. You don't want to. Stevie Juice the best. Check us out next week. Don't forget Halloween in June. We're all about it. We're we're bringing it heavy for this month. Just because out of nowhere, baby. Just for you guys. Check us out next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. All the best with Slasher Radio podcast. We're trying to do nice now. You're going to try to finally admit it? Let's do, to do nice, nice now. now. What are you going to do nice? There's no nice. Are you ready? <laughs> We're ready. Ready? Let's Jeez. go. Ready. Go ahead, shoot. Welcome to Slasher Radio. My name is Mikey Bones, and I got the Bobby Spitzer with yeah, me. What's going on, me? What the fuck? Mikey Bones. What the <laughs> fuck kind of fucking <laughs> Mikey Bones? No. No, I got. No. Mikey, you feel I'm old. Oh, so you, no. you're Mikey Bones, and you give it the bone to him. <laughs> Dirty. All right, CZO. All right, let's go. Shoot it. Mikey, take it in the bone. Can, can I just wow. get through the intro? That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Go ahead, shoot. As far as it goes, Jimmy. You're trying swinging it. Oh, no, 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 no! No! <clears throat> you fucking ass! Go away! God! Every time! You gotta fucking shit! Every fucking time! Ah, <sighs> oh, fuck! Come on! You shit on my microphone. And me. Good. That's what you get. That's not what I get. You deserve it. Yeah, fuck. You deserve it. I should have yeah. just fought it right here. Asshole. Would have been better. No, it wouldn't have been better. Sure it would have. Here. Put these on. Fucking nasty. Would have been much better. Next oh, time we have more. You got a dirty fucking ass. Uh. Stop it. Fuck you. Ugh. Oh, come on, <laughs> man. Minka, you there? <laughs> Fuck no, it. You Minka, you just shit on me. Good. You deserve it, you prick. Oh, you you are a fucking dirty little bastard, no. ain't you? Stop, stop wafting it. <laughs> Smell it. That's not gonna do nothing. God, I still got some Patron. You had a dirty ass. That's what happens. You want to fuck with me? I get you back. You erupt though. <laughs> Can you hear me? Like, I told I you I get you, you back. The juice is oh, here. Whoa. The juice man. Told you I get you back. He just shit on me. You fucking cropped up <sighs> to me outside.
Uncle Steve is a juice man. Can you hear him, Mink? I can kind of hear him. Well, if what happens, fuck with me, you get it back. You gotta move a little closer, you fool. I can't believe you're saying well, I this, but... wish I could fucking fart again. I'm glad you can. What's yeah. up over there, you cock lover? Not much, man. Actually, I slept. Now I'm up. Ooh, now you're up, huh? I'm up. Get in the coolie? No, <laughs> uh, no, no coolie today. I got off work. I came home and slept for like four hours, and we had to, we had to go out to Yuli and do some stuff. And as soon as I got my ass back home, took it in the hiney. Huh? Took it in the hiney. In the hiney. You took it deep. Why do you think that's all we do? That's all you do. That's not all we do. We fuck each other. No. Actually. This far away, how are we fucking each other? Well, you figure it out. Maybe you do FaceTime, you get the blow-up doll or something, I don't know. <laughs> you hear this, man? We send each other boxes of toys and smell them. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a fucking midget one. He said he's going to tell everybody about how we fuck each other. You did. You came up with that one on the whim, too, and stuck no, to no, your guns. No, no, no. That's true. He said, he was telling the story in front of everybody, saying that we sat right next to each other, you couldn't slip a quarter between us, you and couldn't. we had a cock between us. And I was like, but that didn't happen. And he goes, well, it might have, it might as well have. You had, you did have like, the cock so, between you. There's like three different stories. You had that big fucking blow-up cock, and you fucking... But we didn't sit with it between us like it was something to do. Well, you freaking you, said you came downstairs and caught us fucking. You did. And then there was one where you were already down there and we started fucking. Well, right, you were so close, right. you fucking jerked each other off. He said then... that he fell asleep on the bed and we were fucking. It was. He woke up and we were fucking on the couch. Who knows? You said you walked downstairs and we were in the midst of fucking and then kind of <laughs> like yeah. one eighty'd. Well, whatever floated your boat. Which was it, though? Both. Both. All three. Both. All of the above. Both. Both. All of the above. You did it. But you fucked us, too. No, I didn't fuck you. I never. Never, yes, ever. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. No. You did. Nope. What about the spider monkey on the bed? What spider monkey? And I did the old spider rooney. got both of us at the same time. You tried fucking me. I spun you around. Had to be done. No, nobody tried to fuck you. We had, we were trying to bop you in the cock, and then you tried to fuck us. No, that's true. No, you fucking nobody does the fucking on me. I do the fucking on you. <laughs> fucking spun you around quick. He said nobody does the fucking on me. You lifted the mattress up. You remember when you tried to fold him in the couch? Yeah, you tried to push me. You tried to fold me up. What a get my booty hole. No, I was gonna give it straight for. Uh, what? Come on. I gotta go pee. I gotta fart first, but I gotta wait. Well, go pee then. T take this off first. Don't pull everything. Come on. <laughs> oh, come on, man. <laughs> Good lord. Holy shit. <sighs> go pee. I can smell that. Oh, <laughs> fuck me. Go pee. Oh, that was a good fart. <sighs> no, it wasn't. Wish I could fart again. Stinky ass, man. That was smelly ass. Happens when you want to and now he's fixing his pants. It blew his pants down a little bit. Nasty motherfucker. Hmm.
So Jeez. you'd let them know you've seen it. Somebody's seen it. <laughs> but if it was us, you, you'd, you'd tell everybody. I'd tell everybody, yeah. He'd have a fucking parade if it was us. I'd be filming it. He'd take some pictures. Yes. I would. That's a sick fuck. It's both of them, look. I got proof. <laughs> everybody freaking... Everybody knows anyway, you two fucking... Because of you! You tell people! The whole world knows. You told everybody, and now they believe it. Well, it's, it's, so now every time we walk in there, they're kind of like hesitant. No, they know. The first time I met Georgie, he told me. Georgie, no, everybody knows. You told Georgie. Your, your, even your father believed it. Yeah, he called me and he, he mentioned it. it. I don't know if he believed it. But he believed it. He thought about it. He believed it. Everybody had to think about it. Nobody thinks about it. They know about it. You're fucking... You came out of nowhere and just hit them with that information. Information they had to process it. You couldn't even fucking squeeze a fucking quarter through it. You sat next to each other, leg to leg, cock to cock. No, we didn't. I've seen leg to leg. We didn't leg to leg. I've been kissing. You're exaggerating. No, man. I've seen it. Arm to arm, <laughs> tight. You couldn't even get. You're so close. You Why fucking... wouldn't you stop it though? Hey, listen, you two want to do what you got to do. That's it. Right? That's If you woke up and seen us fucking, why wouldn't you have stopped us? It's a free country. You want to try to swat us? What a newspaper end up? It's like a dog. Once you're in, you can't fucking... can't separate. And now the other thing is, you laid there while we were fucking and didn't leave? I was thinking, what are we going to do? Yeah, I don't see you figure on the couch. I'm on the bed. But you just stood down there while we were doing it. Well, you did it. It's like you can't separate it. You know, like two dogs are going at it. You sit. Even right now, it sounds like we did it. We did. It don't sound like it. <laughs> everybody, if you put this, everybody's going to know. I, I, I even said while we were doing it, like as if it happened. Everybody's going to be Right, fucking... I know. He, I can't, we can't help it. <laughs> if you air this right now, everybody believe, wow, these two fucking cuts. Gay cousins. Really fucking getting it on down there. And Stevie sat there with them. So that's what was he why, doing? Uh, he was spanking it. That's why he had to freaking leave. Couldn't take it. He took it, but he, he, down he was embarrassed. That's the question. Two, if we were fucking. Two cousins. And you were down there. And you didn't leave. And you didn't. Stop it. The well, listen, your, I didn't figure why. I was, I, went, I was laying on the bed. But turned, you still allowed that? I turned my freaking head and said, left, fuck it. Let him finish. Any normal person would get up and leave. I freaking... You stayed around for the show. Mm-hmm. I have more. I had proof. I could freaking back up my story. Where's the proof? You're such an asshole. But I've seen it with my own eyes. That's not proof. Well, no, I've seen it. If you're down there and that happened and you didn't get out with any proof, then it didn't happen. With my own eyes, two eyes, I've seen it. I could say I've seen a flying saucer. If you were down there and it happened, and you didn't leave the scene and you left without any tangible evidence, then it didn't happen. I have evidence. Or, or you were up to no good as well. I have evidence. Just, just ask everybody. <laughs> you You're are up no to no good. good as well. Ask everybody. What are they gonna say? What are they gonna say? You ask Fetter. You ask George. You ask fucking. Ed. You ask uh, Joey. If I can tell you too, Fetter. You know that's the thing that we gotta we gotta we gotta propose the question is why you were still down there left with no no evidence no pictures no photos yeah. no video. What are we gonna freaking take pictures for? 
If you ever caught me and him fucking, you would get all the pictures on the planet. Don't even bullshit. Nah. But since you didn't do it, you're either guilty. I have my, my photo figure memory. Mm-hmm. Or, but you can't go by that. That don't, that don't sure work. Sure can. How if are we, we fucking this, if it's a right, photo let's just memory? Say, if we, if we brought fucking. this to court, right? And the judge was like, all right, give me your... Give me your tangible evidence. You say, I know because I've seen them. i seen it with my judge, own eyes. The judge is going to think you were up to something, too. No. Yeah. Judge Judy would throw that shit right out. Just like, so you were down there with the boys. The boys. They were fucking, you were in the room, got no photos, and you stayed down there the whole time. Well, I had to let them finish. I'm gonna... <laughs> they want to be fucking... fucking. What am I going to do? How are we fucking, though? You were fucking. How? But, like... What position? What were we doing? 69, he was fucking... 69? Oh, wow. You fucking took each other, blowing each other, fucking everything. So you watched the whole thing? Uh, we were down there, we, and we were fucking, we would have eventually fucked you. No. If you didn't. That's true. Nope. <laughs> That's that, true. You, I wouldn't let it happen. We would have fucked you before we fucked each other. No. I, you tried. I could sure. always spit a Rooney. Get out of that shit quick. But if you would have got out and left to cut, we would have cut our losses. Listen, you already <laughs> cut your losses already. Cut our losses. <laughs> but, listen. Ask anybody. Because you, though. <laughs> no. You, he acts like everybody walked in on us fucking. And everybody knows. Like, it's because of you. No, because you two were fucking close, like fucking two peas in a pod. We were passing something back and forth. We had but to be close. close to each other. We like weren't this? that close. On top of each no other? Problem. We go clink, clink, clink. Pass it. You could freaking. People freaking they shit over there. You could pass it. Just reach over and pass. You don't have to be. Like, we weren't that close. Yes. No. You were like. I was. You were closer than this. That's not true. Yeah. We're close right now, unfortunately. You two are closer. We're not closer than this. You were on the couch, shoulder to shoulder. With a big figure blow up dodo right there. That's where the story gets crazy. Hey, well, you were freaking actually fucking sitting on it right in the fucking thing. Like a there fucking... we go. There we go. I see that, that one. I was twirling on it. No, you were twirling on it. <laughs> twirling on it. You were fucking riding that shit like a fucking like whoa, girlfriend rides his. Whoa. But like you put me on there. I didn't put you on nothing. <laughs> yes, you did. Put me on that. I didn't have a choice. I should have fucking put up your ass and then blew it up. <laughs> wow. No. You blew it up first and you threw me on it. No, I was. And then I you told me if I move, you were going to take me off of it, deflate it, and then blow it up. I should have freaking put it up your hiney and then freaking blew it up. This, is, this isn't right. What's not right? It's all bullshit. No. The first time I ever met Georgie, we went for a cigarette at the front of the garage. We're bullshitting about phones, and he's like, I mentioned, I mentioned, Your boyfriend. and he, he laughed and said, oh, yeah, your uncle, your uncle told me about you two. I was like, what did he tell you? He laughed again, and he said, well, you guys are messing around down in that you basement. Know, crazy. I said, what? You probably heard it from Feta. Feta truly believes it. He does believe it. Petter really believes that we banged it out. You did. You see what you did? What I did. <laughs> Thank God Franz didn't hear it, mate, because he yeah. had a shine for you. No, Franz wanted to freaking take you to Germany, and you never would. He wanted to put it. 
He had his friend over there. He would have fucking. He would have never came back. He wanted to teach me something about Bavaria. Oh, oh he would have taught you something, all right? He would have been pipping your ass out. He said, "I got some good nail polish for you." Yeah, and I got a freaking nice fucking German guy there for too. He wanted to take you. And I tell you what, he was trying to get me to eat like potato salad, and I was scared. Yeah, cause he fucking put some fucking shit in there. Yep. Wake up two hours later with no pants. That's why my toes painted. Well, he would have fucking... <laughs> That's fucked up. He would have fucking woke up. His pants would have been down. You would have been fucking... I wouldn't know what the fuck happened. Cat Williams in the bathroom. <laughs> you were just going to take it, weren't you? You were just going to take it, was you, Damon? Oh, yeah. He was going to take it, all right. He liked you. Like, please don't do this. I'll exchange myself for someone else. I know a great guy. Jimmy, now that we're recording it's the perfect outlet for you to finally do the right thing and publicly retract all the bad stories that you said about us i never told them bad stories about you you said we were fucking and it's not true you know it's not true what about all the bad stories you tell about me cock they're all true well they're not (laughs) yes they are you did you did fuck us one time no i didn't fuck you you fucked each other so you're not gonna take it back yeah, we're gonna take something back. It's not. It's true. It's not true. How do we listen? If two fucking guys are sitting that close, jerking each other off. <laughs> he adds in shit, and he's fucking playing stairway to heaven while he fucking jerking <laughs> you off. So <laughs> you did play stairway to heaven, Mike. Ow. He tried to, but wasn't. Yeah, he did it. I mean, if you set the tone like that, that that is a that is a tone to fuck for. See, it is. No, but he wouldn't play "Stairway to Heaven." He'd play the Kryptonite song for me because I like it. Because he knew you liked it. The jerk off to that song. I never said, jerked off to that. Song. But we never fucked. You sure you did? Never. How do I know? If I if I wasn't there, how do I know? Because <laughs> you're making it up. And then. Plus, since you didn't have any evidence and you were down there, you were guilty if we were fucking. Nope. That's true. You were an accomplice. You helped us fuck. No. Well, I was you sleeping. Helped. I happened to open up my eyes, and then I fucking, I went back to sleep. I fucking... So how do you know it wasn't a dream? I mean, it wasn't no dream. I seen it. <laughs> I seen it. I seen the head it go up. And... Dream. You were dreaming about us no. fucking. I seen the head bobbing up and down. Oh, see, now we know. Now we know. There it was a go. dream. I seen the head bobbing. I said, "Well, look at these motherfuckers. Look at them. I gotta go back to sleep. See if it's a dream or not." But it wasn't. No, you went back to sleep. I seen the fucking head bobbing. No, because you went down there, took a nap, woke up, and then said we were fucking because he had a dream. No, it wasn't a dream. I thought I was hoping it was a dream, but it wasn't. How do you know? I opened up one eye. I seen your head bobbing. You never left though. Well, I went back to sleep. I said, I don't want to you see this. You can't just go back to sleep when two people are fucking. You got to leave. That's that's not nice. Well, listen, I turned my head. I was hoping it wasn't true, but it, but it was. If I'm in a room with two people fucking, I'm guilty. No, you're not. I'm fucking you? myself. I don't even have to put nothing into nobody. I'm guilty for fucking because I'm in, I'm in the same room. Well, listen, I wasn't on the couch with you, so... I was fucking... You were in the same area. No, that's I was like fucking... if we're riding around. That's like if we're riding around and we were smoking weed. We got pulled over. Even if you did smoke it, you you guilty. No, you are. You saw us. You saw us fucking. Uh, you didn't do anything. But I was fucking like five feet away. So still, maybe you're still there. maybe longer. 
What are you looking at? Mick, I don't think he's going to take it back. That's, why? Not true. It's true. <laughs> it's true. You know I that I that. know that he knows. You know that no, I we know. I know that you know. That you were fucking. <sighs> I don't think he's taking it back. Maybe not fucking, but maybe you were doing something that you're not supposed to be doing. I think if anybody, if we were fucking down here, Dakota would have sensed that he would have came down and saved us. <laughs> no, Dakota, <laughs> he no. Dakota probably would have fucking got in on it. And Jay would have came down and tried fucking us. Yeah, Jay would... <laughs> Jay would fuck that. Hammerhead. He gave you, he would have you a hammerhead, all right. Like, he would have, oh, what's going on? I gotta get in on this. Gotta go. One time I took Jay to PA, and Miguel was up there. You fucked and... him? No, what's the matter with you? <laughs> and we were sitting on the couch, and Jay just like running back and forth, back and forth. And Miguel's just staring at him. He and he looked out. at me and started laughing. He's like, bruh. I'm like, I know. I know. Dog's packing. It, it's it's a, giving him the old fucking dick was countdown. bigger than yours. Uh, bigger than maybe. Jay, bigger than I, don't I think know. honestly, saying, Jay knew at any moment he could have fucked Dakota if he wanted to. <laughs> Probably it's bigger than fucking Jeter's. The best is when I came home from work one day and my dad and Momo were sitting on the bench in the front yard. And Jay's running around there laughing like two idiots. And I, I walked in and I said, "Hey," and Momo goes, "Look, look, hammerhead." <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "What?" Because Momo was thinking because it was bigger than his. But they had nothing better to do. Then sit and stare at a dog and t laugh about his dick. He had a big dick. He did. But still. How, imagine how long they were sitting there. If you had a big dick, you'd run around the yard too, you'd be laughing too. If you came down here and saw this cat's balls, that's what we would be doing. Yeah. Why are you looking at your cat's balls for you? You can't help it. They're big, Uncle Steve. They're bigger than your balls. No, I got big balls. And this fucking guy fucking keeps picture of the ball. You did pull out your ballies on us a couple times. Yeah, that's right. You deserved it. But you never pulled. The, you never pulled the cock out. You don't got balls like that, Jimmy. My balls hang. That's the only thing you got that fucking hangs. You ready to knock this out, Mike? I don't think he's taking anything back. I think. I think it's. I think he. I think he did already. No, I didn't take nothing back. Ed, you fucking. He did take it back. No. He said you were sleeping and it was a dream. No, I didn't say it was. I thought I was hoping it would have been a dream, it but it wasn't. Was a... No, no, no. You said you were sleeping. I went back to sleep and I was hoping. And I woke up and wasn't no dream. You two. He said you were. You fell asleep. You seen us fucking and woke up and then you were like, ah, I'm happy that was just a dream. Now we know it was a dream. No, I. Yep. I, now we I was, know. I was praying it was, but no, I woke up. I've seen you two still know. sitting right next to each other. You, you had a dream about us fucking and you, and you decided had, to stay around. And you had some white stuff on your mouth. That's not a good dream, Jimmy. I was hoping it was, but it wasn't a dream. That was not a good dream. I was hoping it was. Remember when we found porn in your DVD player? What DVD player? You know damn well what I'm talking about. Well, Remember that? Look, looking at my DVD we player. We were putting the movie in. Well? You, should, you shouldn't have left porn in there. Well... We're putting a movie in. You, you, you forgot to take it out. It was Black Cox Volume Four. No, it wasn't no Black Cox. <laughs> it was fucking. Oh, it was. Mary Della, freaking Debbie does Dallas. One of them. Ray Lewis produced Black Cox Volume Four. Maybe you fucking watching fucking Nineteen Inches. Volume it was produced five, by Nineteen Inches. Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis. 
<laughs> that's your dream you fucking have Ray Lewis bang you in the ass that's an Uncle Stevie and then the fucked up thing is when I tried to take the damn disc out it was like stuck in there it wouldn't move it was like because <laughs> it wants it didn't want to come out it wants to stay in there that motherfucker's been in there a while it wants to be in there that's shit that's, that's my CD you put that in there and fucking spanked it I didn't spank it <laughs> come on Jimmy nope did you put a load on there and then try to see if it would play? Nope. That's something <laughs> it would do. I got some gas building up. Oh, stuck on there. You had a good DVD player, too. You had one of them, them nice Sonys. Yes, I still got some Blu-ray. Oh, you watched high-quality nice. titties, then. That's yep. fucking... You. That's the smart one. Big Ray presents HD Blackhawk Volume 4. That's what you want. Mick, you know what's crazy? He's probably still got the same DVD in that motherfucker, too. No, I don't even use it. I, I, even... I had to use a flathead to just get the side of it <laughs> on stuck. <laughs> so I didn't want to break it, it, so I just left it. I just left it alone. Oh. It's a shit. See, he's fucking... You're going around saying we're fucking. What is he doing? But he's trying to change it around. Yeah, you saying changed it, it pretty no. good yourself. You're trying to say that you didn't. It happened. You can't say it didn't happen when it, it happened. It was a dream that you it had. Wasn't no dream. Dreams about us fucking. I thought it was. I was hoping it would have been, but it wasn't, unfortunately. Dreamt about us fucking. Unfortunately. Then I went home and watched Big Ray's. We freaking... We see fucking... <laughs> I look up and I still see you two fucking sitting next to each other. Matter of fact, it was a couple of days after you said we were fucking that we found Big Ray's Volume 4 in there. Well, I never had no big waves volume four. I had freaking produced by Baltimore Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis. I had freaking Hustler. You had a couple of good ones in there, huh? And when you buy the Hustler magazine, you get free CDs sometimes. Wow, I wouldn't know. Good to know. And you fucking, you two are fucking each other, so you don't, you wouldn't know. Fetha said we went to get high C oranges and we jerked each other off in line at the drive-thru. <laughs> well, how would figure he know? I don't know. Because you know. always got high C oranges, that freaking Does that McDonald's. Mean, and you know what's crazy? As you were talking about us fucking, you guys were fucking. You and Fetha were fucking at that garage. Never. Yes, you were. Fetha you at the garage. No. Make, well, remember that time he me and you? He fucking, he got you stuck his fucking finger all over your hiney hole. He did do that. Jeez. But Mink, remember that time me and you, we drove over there to say hi and they were fucking over the Diet Pepsis and we left? No, that's why you fucking yeah. was afraid to go over there because he knew. He'd get it. I think, I think. He didn't get it. Deep. It was code when you said help clean the truck. That was beginning. Did <laughs> you want to help me clean the truck? He wants that to was fuck He cleaned your fucking yep. hiney home. He said, "Up, oh, gotta go." Mikey, he got you good. He did put his finger, not in my butt. But oh, he said it went in. It didn't go in. All he the went way. down my crack. No, it went in. I wasn't afraid to tell me. I was afraid of you. You would, you would, you would back us up, get us in that corner, nice. Yeah, he would fucking <laughs> had to hold you down for him. <laughs> They knew the ins and outs of that motherfucker, boy. Just like you. And he chased me into a corner, and then little did I know in that corner was Feta. Feta got you. <laughs> then there was no way out. <laughs> no, that was it. That's it. Once you get him, he, he had you. And then once you passed me off to him, you turn around and go get, go get me. Yep. It's fucked Listen. up, man. <laughs> You, tra you treated us like little fuckboys because afterwards he gave us sodas. You're off, you're off, right, right. 
Go on, fuck boys. Go get an Arizona. Go ahead. It's like, what? Am yeah. I your bitch? Yeah. <laughs> you're two, you were fucking each other anyway, so you're two fuck boys. They played with us and then fed us. Fuck us and then fed us. Right? I saw a fish infected with right here. Go get something to eat now. Then I fucked up. Well, let's order Chinese. No. On me. It's like, what? Damn it, man. We ne we didn't even realize it till just now. It's all these years. You're a bitches. You're a fucking Fuck. bitch. You should, uh, yeah, it's too late to call him now. He's not going to answer. <sighs> no, you guys were fucking. No, you were fucking. Over the Diet Pepsis, and then you bent him over the Snapple. And then he bent you over the fucking truck. Remember, I threw him on top of the fucking Snapple, the fucking truck. Yeah, you did. You wrestled him down, and you humped him, and then I humped you. And then I fucking, that poor fucking Matthew, I freaking... Mate, remember that video I showed you of him humping that kid's head? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was Matthew. Oh, that was Matthew. Oh, Matthew. What are you, no, what are you doing down there, Matthew? What are you doing down there, Matthew? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> you fucked the poor kid in the face, and then you asked him what he was doing down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what are you doing down there, man? Oh, I'm old, man. You don't do that oh, to me, on, Matthew. Um... Poor guy. <laughs> and fucking, and Big said, when he seen the video, he goes, if he wanted to get a blowjob, he could have. <laughs> you really could have. Then I freaking. There was nothing stopping you. Like, that was a real <laughs> deal prison. Like, you could have had some jaw. You might find a penis in your freaking meat. <laughs> penis in your meat? <laughs> You might find some penis in your chuck when you go to make some spaghetti. Hey, this ain't supposed to be in there. might find a pair of balls in your freaking... You can find a penis in the sausage pack. You can find the balls. Right. Oh, God. That's the end of this one, guys. You find some balls. You may be chomping on some ballies. Oh, dear God. Despite what you're hearing in this one, come back and check us out next week. Good night from Slasher Radio. What's the matter these with you? Mushroom. These ain't no fucking. <laughs> these, <laughs> these ain't meatballs. These, these ain't mushrooms. These ain't fucking meatballs. These are fucking hard ass meatballs. <laughs> these are fucking balls. These ain't. Babe, something's wrong with These ain't no fucking. Pre freaking. <laughs> rolled meatballs. These are balls. Bullies. Just, these ain't no fucking. You got a fucking ballie in your meatball. Balls. <laughs> That's what if up. they ate them and they loved them? They're like, oh, those meatballs were delicious. No, I don't know. Uncle Stevie would. What did you put in them? Stevie juice. Well, these are good. Tastes familiar, but good. I think I had them. They're a little salty, but I loved them. So Mickey tormented you. Then came to torment no. me. No, I mean, Uncle Stevie was cool as fuck. I remember we used to play the fucking... I got the Sega Genesis that year. Why were you nice to him when you were a dick that's to me? I remember it was 1995. No, that was before. And that's, what we... that's when you lived on freaking, on Eddie freaking over there on top of the hill. Yep. But why were you nice to him and you were a dick to me? You didn't even want me going down in the, in your Because fucking... I had a waterbed downstairs. You freaking popped the fucking thing. You didn't want me down there at all. You wouldn't let me play PlayStation? Nothing. You played. Bullshit. A couple times. You, and you were mad about couch, it. You, you bitched the whole time. <laughs> Cause you fucking, you didn't, you, you never listen. You fucking squeeze my knuckles and give me Indian burns. Like, what the fuck? It's payback. I didn't do anything yet. I was like fucking eight. You play, I couldn't let you, I couldn't trust you down there with the. He put time. that stupid lizard thing he had on the ground, make him chase me. 
I never figured. I never let that fucking thing out of the cage. Yes, you did. You used to chase me around with him. And I would go upstairs. I'm like, oh, all I got to do is take it out. He runs. Asshole. Why are you a pig? Why? That, that, that's not a. That's not good enough. 